that whole time just to try to clear my throat <laughs> you, you can mute yourself and no i can't because cough. then it mutes the sound <laughs> oh. <laughs> high tech high tech i know high tech we're so high tech here at the fusion <laughs> underground hello everybody and welcome back we're actually here for a uh for a, a new episode a new dlc episode actually for a new dlc uh, because there are, there have been interesting things happening today, but I think we just can't wait until Saturday. Yeah, no, that's not going to so happen. We we just can't wait until Saturday. So uh, every once in a while we do a DLC. We don't do this all the time. We've had, I think this is our fourth one. Yeah, something like that. I think this is our fourth one. So uh, yeah, we do these every once in a while. And this is just to kind of, we take a, a tangent through the, uh, through the week. We record a separate one. And we just talk about something very specific. We don't have the palate cleansers or anything like that <clears throat> necessarily. So, uh, but here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez. And as always, I'm joined in the virtual studio by my co-host, Jason Moret. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good, brother. Having a good night. Good. Good. I am feeling a lot better. If you, you listen look to and <laughs> sound a hundred times better than you did. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't COVID. No, it was not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. You could have had the antibodies and then said to heck I with know. it and, and run around. Well, that's right. Right. So I'm, I'm back. We're back here um, for this quick DLC. As always, you can find all of our stuff out at fusionunderground.net. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash azfusionunderground. Check us out on YouTube and find all of our podcast feeds, not only on our website, but also through Anchor Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Oh, and Apple. I always forget Apple. Uh, I always throw them in at the end there. <clears throat> um, and send us emails. You can send us an email at contact at fusionunderground.net, contact at fusionunderground.net. And you can always find us on Twitter at the FU Brothers. That's right. The FU Brothers. We're out there. <clears throat> yep. So and send us emails. That's that's for real. Because um Lucy and I are gonna be doing a, an episode coming up in the relatively near future where we're actually gonna uh address all of your emails in one fell swoop and we're gonna um kind of break those down. So we need just a little bit more so that we've got a good uh yeah. action packed show for everybody. So yeah, send us Make your emails. That's um, 
We're gonna we're gonna break them apart in a, in a positive way from a principle. In a positive way, we want to hear right. what you have to say, right? We did we we just did a whole a whole episode on feedback and you know needing to get that feedback. So it doesn't matter. We're we're not gonna you know we're not gonna yell at you. Uh, we're not gonna tell you how. Oh, wrong no, we are. wouldn't call you by name and let everybody know where to no, find you on. No, that's just uh, that, that would be wrong. Yeah, we're not going to share your email addresses or anything like that. Um, yeah, we'll have fun with it. Actually, we'll yeah. have more fun at our expense. I don't, I don't think, I don't think people actually realize that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have fun at our expense when we do yes. this. So, uh, so it's yes. all, it's all good. So the. Uh, you know, there's big news today. Big news. Yes. Big news. Actually, actually, big news on two fronts. Two fronts. Okay. First, we have more cancellations of college football. I think. Uh, oh, yeah. The Big Ten. I heard. The Big Ten. And last I heard, I didn't see anything official yet, but I had heard rumor that the Pac-12 was voting and they were going to cancel, even though they had voted to condense the, um, the season. Mm -hmm. and not really the season. They were just condensing who they were playing. They were only going to play conference games. They were not going to play non-conference games as if that right. matters, yeah. as if a virus knows. Oh, right. can't go to I, – I don't understand how that was working, but oh, whatever. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that makes total sense. You know, it, it, if, if the, the virus not only knows that you're playing a non-conference game, which puts you at more at risk, but also – Right, right. Increases if, risk. If, you, if you're not um, protesting <clears> – <throat> then you're at a higher risk. I mean, obviously we, we've, we've seen that already. So yes. um, yeah, we're, we're canceling school. We're canceling this. We're not sure why, but yeah, we don't it's know why. gotta have some effect. I mean, correct. Well, you know, leaving it open, we don't know if that's, but we might as well just cancel it because you know, reasons and stuff with the, yeah. Yeah. the place and the quit. Right. So that, that, I mean, that was one piece, but that was really, okay. that was, you know, college football canceling the seasons canceling the season is just kind of a minor thing. The big news, the big news is that Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris to be right. his vice presidential running mate. And yep. I think this is, I think this is big. Well, um, it, it is big. Whether you, you like it, don't like it, follow it, don't follow it. As you lovingly pointed out to me just a few minutes ago, you only, uh, we only get a pick uh, for VP every four years. So it's only once in every yeah. four years. It's only happens four years. Yeah. If, if you follow politics leading into, you know, this time of the political season, it's like the Super Bowl season. I mean, it, it really is like for political yeah. junkies like myself. For politics. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the big, you know, it's the world cup. Mm -hmm. It's like the world cup, you know, world cup only yeah. comes around for, you know, once every four years. It's like the Olympics. So. You can Super Bowl and make it relevant to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. Unlike just the World Cup, where only like nine people in the United States actually follow <laughs> soccer, but <laughs> me being one of them. <laughs> uh, me being uh, one of them. I'm trying to find a way that I can actually watch some of the Champions League on uh, on streaming or something like that. I saw that the UK, CBS streaming is is offering it, but I don't want to pay for another streaming service. Imagine that. How many yeah. do you pay for already? Well, I have, I pay for Amazon, Netflix. Hulu? Oh, H HBO, Hulu, and DC Universe. So I pay for five. Five streaming services. It, and even though, even though I, know I have Disney Plus. I people that don't have cable 
that pay for less. <laughs> you do. <laughs> right. Well, I don't have cable. Uh, I, I, I do have Disney Plus, but I got it free because I'm a Verizon customer. Yep. That yeah. should be probably coming up uh, up due here pretty quick, I would guess. I signed up late. I think mine expires in November. Okay. October or November. It was a little bit more towards the end of the year when I actually signed up on it. But, um, but yeah, I don't have any intention of paying for that. Yeah. I, I have Disney Plus, um, but uh, I got that because I got a friend. <clears throat> hmm. That's it. Yeah. It. So, so if that friend your... decides to cancel it, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> You cheap bastard. I am cheap. Ah, <laughs> frugal. Frugal. <laughs> yes. My favorite price is free. And if I can't get it for free, it's for cheaper than most. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the er. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how much it costs. If I can't find a discount code or get it for 20 to 15, you know, 15, 20, 30% off, not interested. Right. Because right. I, I have I have to win at, at money. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, anyway. Good. So Kamala Harris. What are you what are your your thoughts? What are your thoughts about Kamala Harris before I take my soapbox, <laughs> dust it off? Oh, we get, a, we get a Lucy soapbox tonight. <laughs> I love these. And you know what? Our our listening audience really loves the Lucy soapbox. I I you know, <laughs> I okay. I really want to be an advisor to these kinds of candidates. I really mm-hmm. do because I think it's a terrible, terrible, terrible pick. It's a terrible pick. It's an absolute terrible pick. There are much better picks, and we're going to talk about that. Kamala okay. Harris is an absolute terrible, terrible, terrible pick. Terrible. So. I actually, I, I'm not shocked by, by her selection whatsoever. I think um, she is a very safe pick for Joe Biden. And, and I can go through some of those, I guess, if you really I, want. I would, well, I really want you to because I don't, okay. think, well, I think she's, I think she's safe, but in, I think she's safe, but only really for one main reason. But Otherwise, I think she's a terrible, terrible pick. I don't think she's as safe as as people, as some people on the right are saying. I think she's terrible. Go ahead. Okay. So um, she did run a um, fairly uh, yes. She she ran a very bad. Most people, if they weren't really paying attention to the campaign she was in, probably forgot that she was even in it. I mean, that's, that's just the truth. When it actually came down to it, a lot of people forgot that she even ran um, for the presidency herself because she made about impact. Um, yeah, she made none so, impact. None yeah. impact. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest criticisms of her campaign was that her, um, she didn't have an identity. She, she didn't really have her own political agenda that resonated with anyone to even give her um, lasting memory the good news is someone like that they don't have to create their own identity in the campaign because she's just adopting joe biden's that's the idea that you you piggyback on the ticket of running for president so you almost eliminate that 
uh, negativity. At least that's the idea. Um, you knew he was going to pick a woman. The emphasis to pick a black woman was excessively high. So she falls in line with that. I think on the, the scale of um, conservative versus liberalism, I think she's a little bit more conservative than some of the other picks that he was considering. Um, I happen to agree with you. I think that um, you threw out an idea that uh, uh, Kristen would have been a, a very good pick. I, I think she would have too. However, she's a white lady. So you lose that demographic, or at least that's the mindset behind it. Um, you know, I, I don't think that her... I know there's been a lot of controversy about her um, her career in as an attorney and some of the decisions um, that she actually rendered and some of her, her um, leanings as far as that goes. Some of the things she said is she was a prosecutor. However, you know, I think her experience just as the prosecutor and and her definitely her law experience actually lends to her benefit more than her detriment. So. I, I don't see her as an overwhelmingly um, positive nor negative influence to um, the ticket. I do think uh, she's been actually out with the protesters with them. Um, I think you've even seen that as of recently. So, so although I think some, there was some blowback on Twitter kind of going, well, who is she protesting? Her own career? Because uh, she's, she's not one of us. <laughs> So I don't know if that um, um, is really good for her either, but I think she's a very strong um, debater. I think she's going to be a very strong opponent for uh, Mike Pence to debate. Um, we'll see how that turns out. So, and definitely no love lost for Donald Trump. Uh, the only, the biggest issue I see is that there was some pretty harsh words between her and Joe Biden um, four years ago. Or was it? Yeah, four years ago. So, it'd be, I'm curious to see how those reconcile. But so, the only reason why Kamala Harris was out protesting with with Black Lives Matter is because one, she knew that she was in the, she was the for, the front runner to be the VP pick. Two, she has an absolutely atrocious record as Attorney General in the state of California. Uh, let's not forget that Kamala Harris actually extended prison sentences after black males, after black men who were in prison, when their prison sentences were finished, Kamala Harris did not allow certain black men to be released from prison because she was using them as slave labor to get free labor for the state for government projects. So let's not forget that. So I think what she was doing was she was actually being out there and marching with Black Lives Matter. She was out, she was doing that because she needed to quickly change her persona. She needed to change her persona because she has a terrible, terrible, terrible track record as attorney general for the black community in the state of California. She was she was throwing the book at, at black males in the state of California. And they know this about her. So they have to go back and retcon history around Kamala Harris. That's why she's been out marching. Okay, that's, that's, that's first and foremost. Now, the reason why I say that she's a bad pick. Yes, we've got those attorney, the, the attorney general crap that I just talked about. That's one part of it. 
But two, she's from the state of California. What does she give you? What does she give you? If you're running a political campaign, you need electoral votes. You need electoral votes. You need, you need places like Florida, Arizona, uh, Ohio, Indiana. You need some of those places that are swing states that could literally go either direction to accumulate the most electoral votes. She gives you California. California is already going to vote for Joe Biden. That's a done deal. There's, there's no swaying that. That's going to happen. Okay, so she doesn't bring anything more to the ticket. So the only reason why that they picked her is for two reasons. One, the Democrats needed a woman. Why did they need a woman? Well, because you have a lot of this, a lot of the, the feminist movement, the postmodern feminist movement that has been happening in recent years uh, in the media, on social media, et cetera. So they needed, they very much needed to have a woman. Second, they needed a woman after the fiasco of 2016 because they needed to bring a woman back into the forefront, okay, to get her ready to be president uh, after, the, after Joe Biden is president. Okay, so they, they needed that. So they needed a female pick, but they also needed, they needed a, a black pick as well. And here's why I think that. For, it, for, for a long time, it's been pretty much assumed that black voters, men and women, are just a singular, monolithic, singular thinking voter block because they tend to, in large majorities, vote for Democrats. That has been the prevailing theme. Democrats have always looked at minority voters as being these monolithic thinkers that only think one way as a group, that they're not individual thinkers, that they only think one way. Okay. And so the Democrats have seen, have believed for the longest time that blacks were going to be in their corner and they were just going to vote lockstep with the Democrats. However, there has been a growing movement on social media, online over the last several months called Blexit and Walk Away. And we are seeing large numbers of blacks leave the Democrat party. Just this week, earlier this week, I think it was uh, Monday or maybe it was last Friday, there were new polls that were coming out that were showing black voters are now, are now um, poll 34% in favor of President Trump. If those numbers continue on the, 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 the amount of black voters who are shifting their, their votes from the left to the right side of the aisle, Joe Biden is in a very serious um, position to lose the election in a landslide if that continues. So I think the advisor said we need a black candidate in order to shore up those black votes. That's how these people think. They think in terms of shoring up a very singular block of people. And the only way they think they can do that is by putting up a black candidate. So we, they needed a female and they needed a black person to do that in their, in their mindset. But Kamala Harris, she only gives you California. She's not liked, okay? The, the Democrats didn't like her. She didn't even make it to the primaries. She bowed out in December of 2019. She had no traffic on the left. The far left didn't like her. Black voters on the far left didn't like her. She couldn't make it to January. She couldn't even make it to Iowa. And so she bowed out. And so this is the person you bring in. There are two other candidates 
that I think are much better than Kamala Harris. If it were me, if I were advising, I would have said, I would have said, one, I would have pushed for a black judge. I would have said, let's find a black judge and let's push for that. There's nothing written in the constitution that says you have to pick from the executive branch, meaning the governorships, or that you have to pick from the legislative branch. You could pick somebody from the judicial branch. You could pick somebody that's not even part of government if you want to. Right. But I would right. have pushed for a black judge, a black male judge. Why? Black women love themselves a very handsome black men. All women, white women, love themselves a very handsome <laughs> black man, right? They also shore up a lot of the gay vote. That's a big demographic that's growing right now, particularly on the left. And let's face it, gay men love themselves a very handsome black man. So you, you've got that in, you've got that just, the cards are just ripe for that. Plus you have somebody who's in the judicial side. It comes with knowing the territory of the applicability of law and the constitutionality of law, something that has been in, in debates online for the last several years about the constitutionality of certain law. Somebody's ripe for that. Not only that, even if they don't get, even if they were to lose, even if they were, even if Biden loses to Trump or something like that, or the, the vice, or maybe Biden wins, but maybe the, the VP eventually loses in that particular run, the person is now a primed candidate for something, for a position on the Supreme Court, because now they're in the zeitgeist of the American culture. So I would have pushed for a, a black male judge. Given, but you know, everybody else I'm sure would have said, no, we need a woman, we need a woman, we need a woman. Okay, fine. Who other women are out there on the Democrat side that would be great? Kirsten Cinema would be an awesome pick. Why? She's much more centrist. There are a lot of conservatives who like her. There are a lot of moderates who like her. Hell, I like Kirsten Cinema. Do I think she's a conservative? Far from it. But I agree with Kirsten Cinema way more than I ever agreed with someone like Barack Obama. Okay, so somebody like Kirsten Cinema, a lot of moderates can get behind. Right now, you just need to you just need to pull moderates away from Trump in order to defeat Trump at the polls. And Kirsten Cinema is one to do that for you. Not only that, but she's from Arizona. Now you put Arizona in play as a swing state, and you get more electoral votes that throws that throws the GOP into an uproar. Either that, or you pick Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard, yeah, she's from Hawaii. Hawaii's going to go the way of of Biden anyway. It doesn't get you much there. But who's Tulsi Gabbard? Tulsi Gabbard is another candidate who was running in the primaries, but at least she was liked by moderates. Tulsi Gabbard couldn't get any traction. Why? In the primaries? Because she wasn't left enough, right? So she wasn't far left. She's not a far left socialist. She couldn't get the far left votes she needed to win the primary, but she's, she's a moderate. She's centrist. She pulls a lot of people in the middle over to her that would like to see her in, in office. And she's stepping down. She's retiring from the House of Representatives. So she's not, she's not going to be there uh, after, you know, in next year in 2021. Plus, she's American Samoa. So she's already part of the minority groups here in the United States. And she's a veteran. She fills that bucket really, really nicely. Kamala Harris, an absolutely terrible, terrible pick not going to give her a lot of traction. The far left doesn't like her. Moderates don't like her. But you know what? I still think I still think Trump can lose this election. You wanted you have some questions you've been uh, writing yeah, down. Go I for think it. you can. 
I, I have. I've been writing down a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so you heard a lot about um, um, pulling these swing states and, and picking your, your VP out of those swing states to try and actually pull more votes. I, I understand and I can respect that from a very traditional um, mindset and I can uh, understand that from traditional policy, uh, politics. However, I'm starting to question on whether that actually um, is making much of a difference anymore. I look at a lot of um, um, sitting governors, sitting senators, sitting representatives who are actually not necessarily loved in their own home states are actually almost um, uh, have more more of a following outside of their state. Um, so I wonder if actually picking somebody, let's say Kristen Cinema as an example, since you brought her up, does that give you Arizona? I don't know that it necessarily does anymore. Um, and I could be wrong. You know, I definitely think that um, a, a presidential pick from those areas makes a huge difference. Um, but vice president, I'm not sure if that really is a... Uh, I think you have much uh, more chance of pulling voters, but I don't think that that really um, falls for the tradition. I say that, well, now we can, we can check that one off the board. Um, and then you actually mentioned um, her, her record um, when she was throwing the book at some of the, some of the black prisoners, et cetera. Do you think that anybody in this country has a memory long-term enough for that to stick? I mean, obviously you do, because that's that's something that that you're looking at and something that you brought up and you think that that matters i would challenge we forget where people stand on these issues almost overnight anymore i don't have to the the american people don't have to remember that because they have the gop and trump who are going to be running who are going to be running ads non-stop starting today trump already has already started running ads the gop has already started running ads they were ready to go everybody knew it was going to be her Everybody knew it was going to be Kamala Harris. They've already got the, the attack ads out. And now the American people, they'll hear about it from now until November. So they don't have to remember it because it'll be, re, it'll be a reminder uh, for them constantly. And, but here's the, here's the thing where I think, where I think you're wrong. I, you know, there, are, there are people who, um, you know, they're looking at the presidential, the presidential race and there's literally nothing so far that Biden brings to the table that says for people that they want to vote for Biden. If you pick a moderate, a moderate uh, VP candidate, there are a lot of people that are looking for a reason to not vote for Trump, or at least to go to the polls. There are a lot of people with, when it was just Biden versus Trump and Pence, there were a lot of people, particularly in the middle, that were like, I don't have a reason to go to the polls, so why should I? So that was an opportunity for Biden to pick somebody to say, yes, come to me. If you remember it during when McCain announced Palin, now Palin had all of her own issues, but she energized the base. She energized uh, voters in the middle, and she actually made that race winnable for John McCain because people liked her. There were a lot of people on the right that said, now there's something for me to vote for. There's someone that I can actually vote for now, and that was the VP pick. So we are getting into a, into a, a place in this country where we are looking for it. Hell, we had CNN just today. They, they slipped and let the cat out of the bag. CNN said that, that if, quote unquote, I'm not joking, CNN said today, 
if and when Joe Biden steps aside, Kamala Harris being a, being a good pick will be able to lead the country. They actually said that. Most people now, if you're going to vote for Biden, everybody, everybody believes that Biden has dementia. Everybody believes he's a potato in yeah. a suit. Yeah. Literally, his mind is going. Very few people think he's even going to make it through a single term. A lot of people don't even think he would make it to the inauguration day if he wins. And so this had to be a pick. This, this VP pick had to be somebody to basically say, you know what, I'm not going to be the guy but this other person is going to be president. And now they put Kamala Harris in that position. And I think there are going to be a lot of people in the middle that say, well, Biden's not going to make it a year, let alone two years. So I don't want Kamala Harris. Why should I vote for Biden now? Right. And, and I, I will say that that was one of the things that was talked about quite a bit is, you know, this was a very tough VP pick for Biden because everybody, everybody believes that regardless of who he was going to, Benson had to be prepared and ready to step into the presidential office on yes. day one. Uh, Joe Biden is going to be 79 years old if he's elected on the day he is sworn in, which will make him the oldest person ever to be sworn in as president in our history. Um, and that fact is just fact. There, there's no bias involved. And so anybody who he was going to pick has to be ready to step in on day one. Do I think Kamala Harris is that person? Uh, I don't, but that's, I don't know that that's going to affect how I vote one way or the other. Um, and I, you know, back to what you were talking about, vote. I understand why they chose her understanding that every black person in America, they don't think for themselves. There's no such thing as uh, individuals in that demographic. They are all a group, and of, of course, that they all think exactly alike. Um, act, uh, the reason, according to many sources, that uh, Trump won the election was because the black vote was the lowest it's been in the last 12 years. It was um, high in 08, uh, just under the white populist vote by, I mean, I think it was like 12, 10, 12%. Um, and it actually surpassed white voters in 2012, which they said, well, that's, ex that's the reason why Obama won re-election that year. And consequently, it dropped by, I, I mean, it was drastic. I want to say it was like 20% um, voter turnout in the black community in 2016. That's why they said Trump won. It's only because of that. And so naturally, they're going to be right back to that same well, trying to draw from the exact same place. The only way we can win is the black vote. And yep. with the uproar of the Black Lives Matter movement, you almost can't not pick a black person for that. Understand your rationale and reasoning for why you're going to get ready to jump on me saying, no, you're wrong, and yes, you could, and here's 101 reasons why. But I understand in their minds why they say, no, we absolutely have to have a black person to actually step in. Well, they don't um, have they, don't have they a are trying to... They, they don't have a strategy. Their strategy nope. is, their, 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 their strategy is not about here are our ideas, vote for our ideas. The, the only thing that the Biden camp is running on is vote for me because I'm not Trump. Right. That's not a platform. 
but it's the best platform he's got. I mean, right. and you're talking best, about yeah. a presidential candidate <laughs> who was uh, talking about throwing your right. chains not long ago. I mean, and right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, are you serious? They're going to actually have that? The only thing they can do is say, hey, Joe, shut up. You don't have to do anything but stand here and smile because you're not and that's all we have and that's all we're going to focus on because anything else it's going to fall apart so shut up stop talking because every time you talk you you really sound like somebody that we're going to have to put into a hospital or some other place because i mean there's a lot of concern about his mental capacity right now i'm not saying that's mine it but it's prevalent everywhere whether you agree disagree left right center middle independent doesn't matter gay straight black white hispanic poor doesn't everybody's got concerns about whether biden has the mental capacity to be the uh, commander-in-chief of this country which is another reason why i think this vice president pick was probably the most important pick for vp in our right and the, the 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 problem is is that the the democrats are trying to go back to what got president obama elected uh the blacks did turn out in in large droves to vote for barack obama because he was black but there were a lot of people that went and voted for him because when during his during his campaign he ran a very very impressive campaign he was an empty suit nobody was, can take that away from him. he was an empty suit he was very malleable. He had no record, so he could be what anybody wanted or needed him to be. But that that campaign, that idea of hope and you know change, it resonated with people. It really did. And so he ran a very um, sugar-coated campaign. And there were a lot of people who were not black voters who voted for Barack Obama because they bought into that candy-coated campaign. Biden's Biden's running Biden's running on diapers and um, you know dentures. That's his campaign right now. And and <laughs> CNN. I don't know if you remember back in two thousand and eight. Every media platform out there was running analyses based on how old is too old for the presidency when John McCain was running. You yes. know how old yes. John McCain was when he was running. 71. Ooh, 71. Yeah. He was 71. 71. Yep. Joe Biden is 77. And yet CNN, MSNBC, everybody was saying, well, wait, it's too old. You're too old if you're 70, if you're over 70 to be, to be president. But now nobody, nobody is saying that. Nobody is saying that Joe Biden is too old. Nobody is absolutely saying that. So they're trying to keep that hidden. They're presenting zero ideas. And why are they producing zero ideas? Because they know they can't compete on the record of Trump with regard to the economy. And right now, that is the best message that the GOP has because uh, stupid COVID came into play and all of these dumb governors and everybody shut, the, shut their economies down and businesses have been destroyed. And I think when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, who do you trust to rebuild the economy? Do you trust President Trump, who built the strongest economy that the United States has ever, ever seen in the history of the country? Or do you vote for the Democrats? Biden, who was part of Obama, and Obama, who came out and said, 
you know what? This was back in 2016, right before the, right after the election, Obama was saying, you know what? For years, I've been trying to rebuild this economy. It can't be done. There's no way Trump is going to be able to redo it, to, to rebuild the economy. It can't right. be done. And right. lo and hold, Trump took office. He made all these changes and the economy came back roaring stronger than ever. You have people who are out of work. You have people whose businesses are on the verge of, of collapse. You have other people whose businesses have collapsed. And right now, the Democrats cannot run. You mark my words. They will not run on building a strong economy because they cannot do that battle against Trump. They lose every single time. It's a, it's a, it's a no win for them. Um, this is insane. But I want to play this one little clip for you because um, I, want, I want people to hear... I want people to hear uh, 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 Tulsi Gabbard's words. This is Tulsi Gabbard's words about, about Kamala Harris during one of the Democratic debates. Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. <sighs> That's Tulsi Gabbard. That's Tulsi Gabbard talking I about I think Kamala you have a, a, a slight love affair with Tulsi there. Well, she's hot. <laughs> she's, she's hot. And she was wearing that white suit. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, no, those are, those are very good points. And, you know, the interesting thing, you were already talking about the, uh, the attack ads that are starting to come out of the Trump campaign. I have a very um, serious message for the Trump campaign. If you are going to utilize any of that information, my suggestion would be that you find clips just like what Dr. <clears throat> Manuel Ramirez just played, because those are coming from a source other than you. You have to understand that most Americans have been around the block a day or two and they're over the attack ad campaign style. So if you are going to a try and attack Kamala Harris's record, do it from another source, like a Democratic one, for example, just like what we heard. Because I think those kinds of things will resonate or resonate, resonate if they come from someone outside of the Trump campaign. Because I think you know as well as as I do, but who's still on the fence, if they hear that from, um, well, from Trump, who says that on a pedestal or a platform, they're going to disregard it very easily. I, you know, I think, and, and, I, and I agree, but here's the thing that I want people to think long and hard about. Anybody that I talk to, anybody that I've ever talked to, you know what they say? They hate negative ads. They hate attack ads. You know why they, politicians continue to run negative attack ads all the time? Because they work. They wouldn't run them if they didn't work. The polling shows it works. The internal polling shows it works. All of the data shows it works. Um, they're going to continue to run them. So everybody, all y'all, 
who go out and say, well, I don't like the negative attack ads. No, you just don't like the negative attack ads when they're attacking your guy, but you love the negative attack ads. Let's be honest. Can we at least be honest? <laughs> we're right, right? We're, fr we're all friends here. Let's at least be honest. The negative attack ads do work um, and they do sway the moderates. They do sway the people in the middle. They always do. And, and people, you know what? We are media consumers and we tend to vote for those people who have the best produced media uh, media ads? We do. Here's another thing that I wanted to wanted to share with you. Do you know who Do you know who Sean King is? Sean King. Sean, no. So Sean King is he's he's known for one thing and one thing only. He's a white guy who claims to be black. That's who Sean <laughs> King is. That's his claim to fame. <laughs> no, well, serious. Uh, look at my shock face on why I don't know who that is. Okay. <laughs> Sean King, he's a white guy. He has white parents, white grandparents, white great-great-grandparents, okay? Um, and he just identifies. You know, this is, the, this is the two plus two equals five thing that we talked about in the last episode, right? Uh, he wants you to believe that he's a black man because he says he's a black man because he identifies as being black. So therefore, he's a black guy, right? This is Sean King. And so here's something that Sean King, um, here's something that Sean King has shared before on Twitter. Notice the date, the date, November 14th, 2018. 2018, uh-huh. 9.30 in the morning at 9.29 a.m. on November 14th, 2018. I'll be frank. And tell you, this is Sean King's tweet here. I'll be frank and tell you two Democrats that I am 99% sure I won't be supporting, primarily because of their dismal history on criminal justice reform over the course of their entire careers, criminal justice reform over the course of their entire careers, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They both helped build and advance mass incarceration. Now look at this. This was also by Sean King. Posted, oh, look, look at that. August 11th, 2020 at 5.05 p.m. Sean King, that's it for me. I am incredibly proud to see a brilliant black woman and HBCU grad chosen as vice presidential nominee. I've done political work my whole life. It's rarely things dreams are made of. Kamala Harris is the most progressive VP nominee in American history. You know what else Sean King has been doing all day since Kamala Harris's announcement? or since Biden, Biden's announcement for VP, he's what? been deleting all of his anti-Kamala Harris tweets off of social yep. media. Yep. He's been and deleting this, them all. This is exactly why I asked you the question, do you think anyone remembers her old record, and does it matter? Because people just like Sean King, and there is a vast majority of them out there, and I'm not talking about white people who think they're black, or self-identify as black, or gender, or whatever. Um, I'm talking about people who are so overwhelmingly possessed by their hatred for the president that they will latch on to anything with two hands and a potato head basket. Well, I, they don't, like I said, they don't have to remember it because essentially the computer, our computers and our internet 
it, it extends our human capacity for storing knowledge. And all of this will come out. It's already coming out in attack ads and it will continue to come out in attack ads. And everywhere you go on the internet, all of this will be right front and center for everybody. So nobody has to remember anything because it'll be remembered for them. And exactly for things like this. I mean, this was, this. somebody went back into Sean King's, dude, this was minutes, minutes after he posted this, this tweet at 5.05 literally minutes and the interwebs gave in spades they went and they dug up his tweets from 2018 for crying out loud this guy tweets like hundreds of tweets during a day they went back into 2018 and booyah showed how he would never support uh, kamala harris or joe biden for anything and look at this they're running together it's absolutely amazing and this is a guy who is highly touted by the by BLM, by black movements all over black organizations all over the country, uh, because for some reason, you know, they want to support him. Well, he he is more so overwhelmed him. with more, his more um, white guilt that he self-identifies as a black man. Yes, um, yes. I could see myself doing something like that, but it wouldn't. You know, I'd just be poking the bear because that's you know. I like to do that. So, um, but I guess the other part of what the question I asked though, still stands, you know, does anybody remember? And the latter part, does it matter? Because you're, well, you're we'll hundred percent right. Yeah, we'll they, they, we're matters. looking at, at our, our friend, Sean King here, and we have definitively shown and proven and not we others out there in the Twitter world. I'm not even on, so don't, even, don't get mad at me for that. Um, that he is being not only hypocritical, but I mean, just absolutely going against his values and principles, which he stood on as a self-identifying black man. My question is, is it going to matter? Even that all of that is pointed out in the end, because I argue that in our culture right now, it won't. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know if it will matter. We won't know until election day. We won't know until election day to see how people actually vote. But here's, here's another thing. And this came out. I don't have the, the link. I can, I can pull it up. Uh, I can go back and find it. But, but here's something that I think is really interesting. And this happened just, this was just a couple of weeks, uh, just a couple of weeks ago that um, a study came out and showed how, I'm wondering if I do have it here. I'm looking really quick on my, my stack of stuff that I, that I have. Um, stack of stuff, stack of stuff. I have a this thing here about how one of my uh, Americans favorite are dumb. Of our show, when I'm when I'm when I'm searching for something, search around for stuff. <laughs> because for those of you that don't know, Lucy's got you know two screens a, and eighty of windows of stuff. You know, <laughs> and he's got to sort through it like trying to find a a joker out of a deck of cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't. So I can't find it just off the top of my head. I'd have to. I'd have to. I can pull it back up eventually. But there was a there was a there was a um, a survey that went out, a, a poll that went out, and this was a couple of month a couple of weeks ago. And it turns out that over 60% of the population says that they are afraid to speak about their politics for fear that they could be fired. 60%. What that yep. tells me, but, but here's the thing. Who is it that's afraid to speak out? 
Are, are you genuinely asking? Or? I'm genuinely asking. Oh, who, is I, it that, who is it that's afraid to speak out? I think anybody who considers themselves a conservative, Republican, or even a moderate, or anyone who supports the current sitting president, yeah. um, buttons their lip and shuts up and keeps their head down. Yeah. Because it, it is socially unacceptable or unacceptable, excuse me, to voice your support. It is absolutely supported and encouraged to voice your disdain. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I think, I think this is a piece of evidence. I don't think it's the evidence, but I think it's a piece of evidence that supports the idea that there is a, there is a silent majority out there that there are, if, 60, if, if about 60% of the population of voters are afraid to talk about their politics in, in public because they, are, they fear ramifications from the other side. Those aren't liberals who are saying that, and the study supported this. It's people who lean to the right, which means those are people who are Trump supporters or who are potentially going to go to the polls to vote for Trump. They're not talking about their politics. They're not coming out and saying they're Trump supporters. And that, I think, is very, very telling. I, mm -hmm. think, I think that that study or that poll, I think that poll is a piece of evidence that supports the concept of the silent majority. There are other people, there are other people that have been, that are, it's really interesting what they're doing. They're going into parts of the country that are highly left-leaning and they're doing um, essentially qualitative research specific to political leanings. And this happens every election cycle. Okay, social scientists go out into the, into the universe and, and they, they look at human behaviors um, and so that eventually they can match that up to how people vote on come election day and they can try to look for trends. They're not doing this because they're working for the GOP or for the DNC. They're doing it because they're just really genuinely curious about society and how society uh, interacts with each other and then how they go to the polls. Okay. And so some of these people, what they're doing is they're going into areas of the country that are highly, highly democratic, meaning they're highly, highly left-leaning Democrat voters. And what they're noticing, what they're noticing is that very few, very few people in these, in these left-leaning areas of the country are showing, uh, are, are displaying yard signs for Biden they're not displaying bumper stickers for Biden. These things are huge, okay? And they're noticing that, hey, you know what? In the last election for Hillary, these yard signs were everywhere. These bumper stickers were everywhere. And yet now they're noticing that at the same time, in the same, at the same point in time during the campaign cycle, they're nowhere to be found. Now, does that mean they're, gonna, they're not going to vote for Biden? No, it doesn't. Does it mean they're going to vote for Trump? No, it doesn't. it doesn't. We don't know what that means right now. But it's interesting. And then again, when you compare it to another piece of data that says, well, 60% of people are afraid to talk about what they believe in terms of politics right now for fear of being canceled. You know, I, I think that there's this larger silent majority of people, even in far left-leaning areas, that um, might surprise people. Now, there was a huge walk away, walk away rally over the weekend in California 
actually in just outside of Hollywood. There were hundreds of people that turned out for this. There were, there were hundreds of people that turned out recently for a, for a, um, a protest, I, lack of a better term calling it a protest, but they gathered in, down, in downtown Seattle in support of the Seattle PD. You have, there are now pictures of, of huge um, signs that are going up in downtown LA asking for people to vote Republican in the upcoming election. This is unheard of. We have never seen this before in decades in left-leaning areas. Do I think California is going to go for Trump? No, I don't. Do I think Trump might get a surge of voters who are sick of what's happening in their state of California? Uh, possibly, maybe. Could it be that maybe, maybe at the presidential level they vote for Biden, but at the local level they vote Republican? Yeah, that's a possibility too. But it's interesting. It's interesting that I think what's happening in the population across the country, I think there are a vast number of people that are seeing what the Democrats support and what they're calling for, and they're sick of it, but they're afraid to speak out. Because yep. what is it that the Democrats have to offer? They're, they're in favor of illegal immigration. They're in favor of medical care for illegal immigrants. Nobody wants that. Any, any normal American that you speak to says, well, I, why, should I, why should I pay for that? Nobody wants to pay for that, but they don't want to admit it in public. They don't want to go onto a platform like we have here and say things like that. They don't want to post it online and say things like that. Um, but that's what the Democrats are for. They're in favor of illegal immigration. Biden has already said he's going to stop funding the wall and tear it down if he's elected. We've got Democrats coming out of the woodwork saying they're absolutely going to confiscate guns. Guns are flying off the shelves, as you well know. Mm. Ammo you can't buy anywhere because ammo is gone. You, you know, there places will say, well, you can only buy two boxes of ammo or you can only buy you know, four boxes of whatever, right? People are buying up ammo left and right. The Democrats want to confiscate guns. Biden has already come out and said that he will absolutely raise taxes, which is an economic killer. Everybody knows that, okay? And so what is it that the Democrats have to offer? They have absolutely nothing to offer. There, there's nothing out there that people get behind and say, yes, I want that. They're not offering it. You're right. Um, and, and they better figure something out here pretty quick. I mean, don't get me wrong. Running on the anti-Trump and we hate Trump and the never Trump um, bandwagon, that's, that's going to garner you with some support out of the sure. people who weren't going to vote for Trump Anyway, I yeah. think that the key thing yes, you need anyway. to focus on is where are those moderates that voted for Trump who might have otherwise voted for Hillary had things been a little bit different? I mean, because that did happen in 2016. Let's be honest. The reason Trump was elected was because he was able to pull voters from the left to support what he was running on. I mean, that's just the fact. And, you know, there was uh, a lot of polls going on you remember 2016 it wasn't that long ago um all the polls had hillary way ahead yeah. and i believe that that silent majority existed then just as it does now only now i think it is absolutely toxic in comparison before if you were a, in that silent group that wanted to vote for Trump and you, or you just didn't want to vote for hillary you didn't say that in public because you didn't want to hear the well you hate women situation right. um now it's 
it, it really is. Well, you just, you hate everybody if you vote for Trump. I mean, it's, it's, it's gone almost to the extreme. And there is a lot of people I know who, I, I've even heard people saying they're afraid to go to a polling place because right. they're afraid they're going to be accosted when they get there yeah. and forced to say, you know, did you vote for and why did you vote for that? And I believe there's a lot of people. Shoot, I've even seen um, little polls come up on my phone that say, uh, you know, do you support Trump or do you support Biden? I won't even answer those because I have no idea who's getting that information. And right. that phone follows me everywhere. God forbid, you know, um, it's... And I think that was a big part of the reason why everybody was uh, shocked, as it were, in 2016. I don't think that's gone away. I think it's gotten even worse. And there have been a lot of people coming out and saying, if you believe anything you hear, believe this. Don't believe the polls. Because there are a lot of people who are not participating in polls. Because they're afraid. They just don't know where that information is going to end up and in whose hands. Well, I know, I know staunch conservatives who, who have never voted for Democrat, who have said they've been contacted for a poll and they've said that they would vote for Biden to the pollster. Because, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. intentionally. Um, so, you know, you can't trust the polls. Nobody, am I, am I, you know, the problem with polls, the problem with the polls, at least now in today's day and age, is the polls are designed to shape public opinion, not to report on public opinion. And that's where the media has gotten the polls wrong. And because of the tension, because of the division that America has right now and has had since 2000, I mean, it's just only gotten worse since 2000, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can't, the, the, the polls are there, they're designed to shape public opinion. They're not designed to report on it. And I think people, I think people are happily lying about who they're going to who they're going to vote for because they don't want to be hassled. They don't want to be they don't want their lives turned over and they just want people to stop calling them. Yeah. <laughs> I know and and I I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um so do you think overall we we've um we've kind of gone around a little bit. So do you think Kamala Harris genuinely hurts Joe Biden or do you think it simply yes. doesn't help him? <clears throat> yes, I, well, I don't think it helps him. And so here's the thing. I don't think it, I don't think it hurts him, but what he needed was he needed help from the moderates. And I don't think Kamala is a pick that gets him the moderates because there are a lot of moderates that are going to say, no, I don't want Kamala Harris because most of the moderates start, are starting to recognize that, that Joe Biden, he's not going to last right? He's, he's, he's not going to last. When people are even contemplating if he's going to, there are people saying, I don't even know if he's going to make it to election day. And then you have people that say, well, if he makes it that far, I don't know if he's even going to make it to inauguration day. So really what you're voting for is you're voting for the VP pick to take over. That's what you have on the left. So if that's the case, I don't believe that a lot of the moderates are going to say, well, I want Kamala Harris to be president. They're, gonna, they're actually going to look at her and go, gosh, I don't want her to be president. I'm not voting for her. There's nothing there that excites the moderates. And there's nothing there that really excited the left liberal base, although the media is going to completely spin it that way. The, oh, media's sure. al the media yeah. is already spinning it that way because they have to. Um, they have too much invested um, against Trump. And, and let's face it, maybe, maybe somebody listening to this is thinking, well, 
you know, I don't know why should I vote for Trump? I, I challenge people this with this thing. If Trump wasn't as bombastic as he is on social media, would you vote for him? Because keep in mind that his, his ego on social media, a lot of that is trolling. His staff has even admitted it. He's admitted it. He gets a big kick out of trolling online. You watch the guy, you watch the guy and all, he's having a blast. He's having a fun, he's having fun as president. He truly, truly is. And, and a lot of that is he's poking the bear. He is, he's poking the other side. Okay. And so, yes, I, when I, when I talk to people, they tell me, they say, you know what? I just don't like his tweets. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's your argument. It's like, well, I love everything else about the state of the country, but I don't like the president's tweets. So that's going to cause you to vote against him. Are you kidding me? I think if you're taking that mentality, you're an idiot. And I mean that honestly, if that's the only thing you have is, well, I don't like the guy's tweets. You might as well say, well, I don't like the ties he wears because, you know, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be people. Americans are supposed to be people that are about getting the job done. Are we not? We're supposed to be people who say, you know what? I put the working boots on. I go out. I get the job done. American, you know, by American. That's how we won World War II. You know, it, the whole concept behind American culture is Americans get stuff done. And right. we talk a lot of shit doing it. We have a man yep. in the White House. Please. We have a man in the White House who gets shit done and talks a lot of shit doing it. Guess what? He's a red-blooded American as far as I'm concerned. He's absolutely 100% a red-blooded American. I don't know of any other American out there who doesn't go out there and get shit done and talk a lot of shit while they're doing it. I mean, hell, well, but that's, that's Americana I mean, right there, my friend. That is being American. You know, freaking conquer and, you know, take names. Yeah. Kick ass and take names. That's what he does. That's what he does. Why can you not like that? Because right now we're not living in a culture where it matters about you getting the job done. It doesn't matter about actually getting the work done, actually getting the success, actually getting the progress, actually making the money, actually t winning the game. We are a society right now that is obsessed with how you make me feel when you do it. No, I refuse to believe that. No, I refuse. Roll well, to disbelieve. I roll to disbelieve. I, I refuse. I, I refuse to believe that. I because I cannot believe that mainstream America, that 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 America that went and saw Rocky, and that watches Rambo, and cheered when when Ripley came out and said, "Get away from her, you bitch!" to the alien. I cannot believe that that kind of America is such, has completely become wishy-washy. We've become, we're not aliens and Rambo and Terminator and all of those things we anymore. We think we are. No, we are Twilight and Harry Potter. And I love Harry Potter, but that's where we are. We, that's where we are. We are snowflake. Flakes, rap, and I really want to be a strong man when I grow up. That's what, that's what we've become. It's I, I, irritating, and I see you're frustrating, and I love you for it. I'm like, yeah. But 
unfortunately, I mean, you, you look, you're talking about a generational idea. Look at the no. movies you just mentioned. A generation. They're 80 or 90s. I'm te- I, it's, it's frustrating to me. I get it because I still think that there's strength in this country and the people that Americans are built on grit. I love it and I have to believe that. The younger Americans I see acting up and starting to replace you and I, unfortunately, are built on pillows and, and feelings and, and yeah. It's it's sad. We have no grit more. Well, I think that exists in 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 some places in our in our culture. I I've, I I have to continue to believe that Americans l- love somebody who kicks ass and takes names and talks shit while they do it. And and Trump does that. That's what Americans do. All of our sports heroes do it. Yeah. My God, all of our sports heroes, all they do is trash talk. Do you understand? President Trump, he's just a he's just a freaking trash talker. Yeah. How can you not respect that? Oh, I well, I respect the poking the bear. I get that all the time. Did you see what he said on Twitter? Like, yeah. no, what did he say? And he's trash he, talking. And look at and, and I laugh at it because I as a as a bear poker, I absolutely get what he's doing. Because I would do the same thing. Oh, does this bother you? Well, guess what? I'm gonna okay. do it again. Uh, that's just how he does <laughs> and yeah. i i get at it all the time because it rallies everybody up and i'm going you guys he's just playing he's playing you yeah. like a ball do you he's not see that yeah. you know there there are you know when when president obama was in office right i watched him go around the world especially that first year of him being in office i watched him win the nobel peace prize for not doing anything I watched him go overseas and, and bow to the emperor of Japan. And I watched oh. him bow to, you know, the, the poobah of Saudi Arabia. Right. And I watched him acquiesce and I watched him basically tell the world, I'm sorry on behalf of my country. And that made me very uncomfortable. Because it made a lot of Americans very made pissed a, off. Right. It made a lot of did. Americans uncomfortable. I haven't, you know, president Trump, I don't expect anybody to be president to be perfect. And I don't expect anybody to be president to do everything that I agree with 100% of the time. But you know what? When I approach, a, when I approach an election, I would rather vote for somebody I agree with 60% of the time than somebody I agree with 0% of the time or even 10% of the time, mm-hmm. right? Am I going to get a candidate that I agree with 100% of the time? No nobody's going to, you're not going to agree with anybody 100% of the time. Right. Even if I were to run, I'd disagree with myself at least 40% of the time. (laughs) I would, I would make decisions. I know I would end up making decisions that I didn't agree with. No, Mr. President, you can't bomb them. Well, why not? Right. That would be my reaction. (laughs) Why not? Okay, fine. I can't bomb them. Right. I would make decisions that I didn't agree with. I know this if I were president. That's why I can't be president. Okay. Um, but you know what? For the first time that I can recall since President Reagan, I haven't had, there has not been, and I mean Bush Sr. and Bush Jr. and even Clinton, but hell, I at least felt it a little bit from Clinton. President Trump is the first president in my lifetime since Reagan 
that I truly feel that the president cares about me. I don't know if you've seen the videos where Trump will leave his motorcade. Trump will stop his motorcade and get out and he will shake the hands of firemen or police officers who are on the sidelines. I, he, will, he will flee the Secret Service guys to go out and, and, and hug and, and shake the hands of you know, steel workers who he sees on the side of the road or whatever. This president, I feel at least that this president cares about me. Like if I were in a room with him, he would care that he was, that, you know, just for the fact that I'm an American, he's trying, you know, he believes, I believe that President Trump cares about the United States and that he puts Americans first. I never felt that with Obama. Well, and that's always apologizing for us. A big part. Yeah, that's a big part. I know that pissed a lot of people off. You don't apologize for the country um, and don't apologize for American policy. That's just, it's infuriating. I don't need somebody to go out there on an apology tour on my behalf. I want somebody who's going to come up, go up there and stand up for me, my family, my friends, my coworkers yeah. as Americans and stand up and say, look, this isn't about me as the president. This is about the country, which I'm here representing. And we're not going to get bullied anymore. This ends today. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I haven't had that. And Reagan was a great example of that. I, uh, I, I have a, a lot of love um, for former President Reagan, but um, not since. Right. Have I had that with anybody? Um, and and I, I haven't disagreed or agreed with a single president um, 100% of the time. Shoot, even Reagan. Uh, as much yeah. as I loved him, I didn't agree with right. him on him either. But yeah. when you talk about somebody who actually cares about Joe Q public, I haven't felt that with anybody um, like I have. And you know what? If people like that, don't like that, that's your choice. But that's the uh, effect the presidency's had on me. Um, if I could give a suggestion to um, Joe Biden and, and Ms. Harris, if you are going to want to try and win this election, you have to try and pull those moderate voters with a actual message besides not Trump. They won't do it. Find your identity, pick up on it, grab hold of it, and pull something together. Yeah, they won't, they won't do it. They won't do it because they can't, because anything, any idea that they have that's, that's, that's substantive doesn't hold up against Trump and, and Trump's actual record, right? It, it just, it doesn't hold up. They've already come out saying they're the party of high taxes. They're going to raise taxes. They've already said it. Biden has said that, which means Kamala has to buy into that, right? So they're going to come out and they're going to say, we're going to raise your taxes. And no American wants that right now. You've got Trump right now who's actually battling to get rid of payroll taxes. And then he wants to make them, he wants to, right now he's just, kicking the can down the road and saying they're deferred, but he's also said he wants to make, he wants to get rid of the deferment. So at least for the rest of the year that there are no more payroll taxes, right? He's already cut taxes once before. Nobody right now wants to have their taxes raised, but by the, the, the Democrats are saying, we're going to raise your taxes, right? I think, I think the American, here's what I think will happen. I think the American people will go to the polls. I think they'll vote in Trump, but I think, they will re, they will keep the house in the in the hands of the in the house of or the house of representatives in the hands of the democrats and i think the senate will flip to the democrats as well 
because I think at the end of the day, people will say, you know what? I want Trump at the helm, but I don't want to have the Republicans to have all the power. And, and I that's what I think what will happen. And I can see that um, with in, in, if for no other reason in respect to the, uh, the large group of Democrats out there who cannot get behind the Biden-Harris ticket, yeah. but are not willing to go all in on a Republican controlled government. And, and I have no, I, I have no qualms with that. I can understand the rationale. I don't have to agree with it, but I can understand it 100%. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of democratic voters out there who, who will fall into that category most likely. Yeah, definitely. Well, so, all right. All right. Well, we did it. We talked about it. There you go. Actually Somebody- had a, a a fairly heated discussion in a in a good way, I think. Um, Somebody's got to be all fired up now that uh, you know after listening to the, this particular one. So, send us a note. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely send us send us your thoughts. We would love to hear about it. I would love to hear how um, I'm wrong. It seems like whenever whenever uh, we get hate mail, it's always how I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to understand that's because most people just disregard me from the get-go. Oh, so there's right? no real point. It's like, yeah, Jason's just being Jason. He's whatever. Yeah. Um, when you get on a soapbox, it's it's substantive and and everybody pays attention. I wouldn't say that. So, I don't know. Well, I don't you know. know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely raised some eyebrows. I'll uh, put it that way. I, oh, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I think know. it's a great thing. Plus, it gives me a chance to relax and just, it, it's like pulling the string on one of those old tops, you know, the little toys you had. <laughs> or you remember the little He-Man car that you put He-Man in and you pulled the little rip cord and it across yeah, the floor? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's like putting the cord on you and letting you go. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I welcome it. I, I, I you know, I, I hope people have a, uh, negative opinions you know here's the, here's the thing though i think what oh. a lot of people don't realize about our season two and i'm gonna i'm gonna let the cat out of the bag a little bit um you know and you and i we talked about this uh the first season was really a lot about trying to work through and identify the principles that we hold dear you know the principles mm-hmm. and values that we um we believe in and 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 to talk about certain topics to try to reveal those principles and values but really in season two, what we're going to be getting into is how you apply those principles and values to things that are happening in politics and uh, culture and, you know, current events and, and those types of things. Is this show going to be entirely about uh, Trump versus Biden? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, but, but we're going to be looking at those things that are happening more and more in the public eye and trying to dissect those and, and strip them down. Um, because really the goal here of this show, I think is how do you take those principles and values and start looking at topics that happen in the public sphere and how do you apply that? And then how do you make decisions around that? Um, and so you're going to start seeing a lot of those current issues come into the show as we kind of dissect them and talk about them. Yep. And, and I think we're going to do our best to try and look at current events uh, as overarching ideas rather than um, discussions, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, so we, we might not talk about a, a riot in Chicago, 
but we might talk about what the uh, mentality behind rioting um, is, how that exists, and how our culture maybe either supports or condemns that. Um, yeah. And look at it from that perspective, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And we may even get into some like really, really controversial things like abortion. It's always a fun one. Ooh, well, we haven't (laughs) talked about pro-life or pro-choice in a while. Yeah. So those kinds of, those kinds of, uh, you know, discussions, because those always come up into the political sphere or at least into the culture, in the cultural sphere. Right. And I think they, I think they lend weight to how we look at the world in a lot of things, not only just from, um, you know, the way we value or devalue life, I think has a, has a big saying on the types of entertainment we, we like and mm-hmm. the types of entertainment we don't like. Right. Um, so I, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably get into those kinds of things as we go through the, the rest of the season too. So anyway, sounds great. It'll okay. be fun. Yeah, definitely. Again, remember, send us, send us hate mail, contact at fusionunderground.net. You can find all of our, all of our stuff out at fusionunderground.net. Also on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash AZ Fusion. Yeah, or AZ Fusion Underground. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the, the it's getting late. The it's whole mental late, track, the whole mental yeah. train just derailed right there. And I you saw can, that. Yeah, and you can find us on Twitter at the FU Brothers, at FU Brothers. <laughs> yeah oh well for jason moret i'm manuel ramirez you've been listening to the fusion underground peace out everybody have a good night